0: You are now You are now listening to Big Shrimp Radio, season two. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Big Shrimp here with Big Shrimp Radio with another fantastic episode for you today. We have a returning guest, no stranger to Big Shrimp Radio. She's in a band. She does psychology. She's very, very pretty. Now she has a huge <laughs> announcement to make. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss <laughs> Deborah Riley. What's going on, Deborah? Hey, Eric.
1: It's good to be back. Thanks for having me on.
0: Hey, my pleasure. My pleasure. So this big announcement you have.
1: Yeah. I wish yeah, I had it so- but I don't
0: have the time to sound it
1: well that's okay um yeah no so i'm actually going to be coming out with my own video podcast nice mm-hmm. yeah i'm excited about it
0: that sounds really fun and really rewarding at the same time what's uh what's it going to be about
1: so the show is going to be called walk me through that with deborah Riley. Um, and the show is basically born out of the pandemic in a way, um, you and I, we had that episode, uh, back at the beginning of your season two, where we talked about, you know, kind of the state of the nation and how there was so much division, you know, vaccine versus non-vaccine, mask versus non-mask, Trump versus Biden, um, just a real division among the classes and the races and, and, um and we just talked about how you know traumatic that was for everybody as a nation and so i was thinking about how well, what what do we begin to do to sort of bring everybody back together and i just believe at my core that the biggest division we have as a population as a people is that we just don't know each other anymore you know we We are driven to be separate into these groups that we can identify with, and we stop trying to figure out our counterparts. And so what the show format really is, is every episode, we're going to have someone on, and it's going to be very diverse. It's going to be different races, different education levels, different classes, different politics, different, um, you name it. And we're going to have that person just share one thing in their life, one joy or one trial. And the goal is, is that we can start recognizing that we're more alike than we are different.
0: I love it. Um, and you know, it's, it's really weird because we really are, um, in a way set up by society today to, um, be individual, and which there's nothing wrong with individualism, but when you get into um, your social circles, and of course you know you and your friends have the same mindset or a similar mindset, I and mean, then you get on social media, and the way the algorithm works, it's almost like a um, an echo chamber, and so we rarely ever hear the other side and when we do hear the other side because we've never heard it and it goes against what we always do here, we're usually quick to um, dismiss it and dismiss the person altogether as just crazy and nonsense and perhaps you know uh, someone else's views might be crazy it may be nonsensical but at the same time, At the end of the day, we've got to be able to coexist in this world, and uh, we've got to be able to come together because, um, you know, as we've already learned um, in my short life, I've learned several times whenever tragedy strikes, humanity forgets their labels, and they come together. 9-11, Katrina, Mm -hmm. um, it's just weird that COVID has unfortunately divided us even more, and I think that's because um it became more of a political um, uh, political tragedy than a health crisis so
1: right right well and i think that's a really astute observation right but there's some science here too that i think that we have to be mindful of and that is is that we all have this ego and the ego serves to separate and the ego will look all day long to find ways to make itself either a victim or a villain. You know, it operates on the pendulum of I'm the most important person in the world. to I'm the least important person in the world. And when we start buying into those stories, which by the way, aren't real and we get into that victim villain mentality, then there always has to be an opposite, right? There always has to be, um, an enemy or a reference of lack, you know, like I am better than that person or I am so much worse than that person. That's all the ego tries to do. And that creates division.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, either that or a lot of times, um, we get this sense of, uh, Entitlement that I want what someone else has, uh, whether it's that promotion at the job or um, the lovely spouse at home or, you know, whatever. And so uh, the ego um, has a way to say, well, you know what, what did he do to deserve? Um, What did I do to not be worthy? Or how come I don't have? And I think that as well, Creates jealousy and envy, and also separates. So, do you do you have an end goal in mind? Um, do you have do you already have a set plan of how the show is going to be formatted and how often you're going to put out episodes? Or,
1: mm-hmm. so we we recorded our first two episodes. Um, by the time this episode airs that I'm doing with you, we'll probably have our teasers out by then. We're hoping to launch the first episode within a month. So, um, and we're going to be on every format. We've been um, picked up by the IMDs Network, nice. which, yeah, which has, um, in actually three days, we'll be launching a Roku channel. So we were very honored and privileged to get a spot. On the Roku channel. And then we'll be being aired on every format that the Andre the Grease Creighton show, which is the flagship of the IMB's network, airs on. So that'll be Spotify, iHeart, YouTube, um, Facebook Live, Amazon, uh, Stitcher, just any format that they, they're on, we're going to be on.
0: I'm excited for you. And, um, Thank you. Oh, no, absolutely. And so, like I said, you know, this people um, are only going to gravitate towards what is made available to them. Usually, obviously, if yes, uh, People will start to come together and realize the necessity of realizing that we may be different, but we're more alike than we are different. Um, people Mm -hmm. I think will begin to, um, see the positivity and the power of that impact. And, um, and I think it'll be good for you. I think it'll, I think it'll take off well.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about it. We're getting a lot of support from people. Um, people that are on the show or know about the show seem to be excited about the show, which is always a good thing. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. But you know, ultimately, it's out of my hands. You know how these things work. You've been doing a podcast cast now for a couple seasons. You just put forth your best, and and it goes where it's intended to go, and it's heard by who's intended to hear it.
0: Yeah, that's very true, and it, it's what I what I've learned is that um, you you don't always have you, you may have. In a couple of um, episodes where the numbers are really well, right, I'll be Mm -hmm. followed by a couple where they dip, and you you can find yourself getting to be discouraged. But um, it's just a weird cycle. It goes up and down. And Mm -hmm. so I want to encourage you ahead of time that if that happens to you, which I hope it doesn't, um, you just got to keep going. You just got to keep grinding it out and keep putting out content. People want – content uh, people are consuming it at a record number right now everybody's got a podcast it seems like and um everybody's getting listeners people are listening people listen on their way to work people listen mm-hmm. when they're at home and there's not enough positive positivity out there especially because negativity um and drama creates um intrigue you know it's like just talk talk show TV talk shows they, they exist for a reason people enjoy that um, rotting their mind with I call it mental masturbation in a way it's just a waste of your brain cells when you just constantly feed it nonsensical things you just feed it uh, negative energy but I just say there's not enough content out there. I what you're wanting to do, and I'm, um, I've got your back on it.
1: Well, I appreciate that, and I appreciate you um, sharing your experience. But I think kind of what you're speaking to is is part of part of the larger issue that's going on globally, right? We have we're in this position where we're all seeking, right? We know that where we're at is uncomfortable some of us have reasons that we think we are uncomfortable and some of us don't know why we're uncomfortable, Mm -hmm, but we're all, it's kind of um, creating this collective need to seek information. And I think a lot of people don't even know what they're looking for. And so I think the more positive content we can put out there, the better, you know, because it's much better to fill those brain cells with positive things Mm -hmm. to your point than it is those negative things because our brain. And you and I have talked about some of this um, psychological stuff in, our, in, in some of the episodes we've done before. The brain wires around our thoughts. It starts out as a mood and it makes its way all the way into personality. And if we look at the brain as what it is, which is separate from us, you know, we, we sometimes think that we are our brain, but we're not. If we were our brain, we wouldn't be able to recognize our own thoughts it's just an organ like the lungs and the heart. And we sometimes treat it as if it's us. And I like what Eckhart Tolle says when he says, we have to learn to master the mind before the mind masters us. And we do that when we acknowledge that, that we are separate from the brain, pause, examine our thoughts and choose them versus letting our thoughts choose us.
0: I love that. And we've um um, it's I don't know we've we've got so many people that are always wanting to point a finger and they do it for us to say that's your common enemy or this is your enemy uh this is why um a B and C problem exist, but everybody's got a everybody has the problem in mind, but no one has an answer and um Lo and behold, the same folks that create the issues, I think, are the same folks that can solve them. So, when when is your show going to debut?
1: Well, as I said, we're gonna we're gonna be putting the teasers out next week. We um, are in the middle of recording and filming, um, but the ones that we have done will be coming out soon. I don't have an exact launch date. I know the Roku channel is coming out in three days from today that we're recording. So by the time that your episode airs, the Roku channel, again, it's the IMB Network, will be up and running. So I encourage everyone to tune into that, subscribe, and then as soon as our episode airs, you'll you'll have the episode.
0: Yes, please do. Now, Are these going to be 30 minutes, 15 <laughs> minutes, 60 minutes, or is it a free uh, free? Well, you
1: know we're 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 gonna try and stick between the thirty and forty, but some of the episodes that we have are just um, just so interesting. You know we've got people who are coming on and just really opening up their hearts um, with some of these really amazing experiences that they've had in life. Um, and you know, when you get into that groove, you don't necessarily want to cut people off, you know. So um, but we're going to target it between 30 and 40 minutes.
0: Easily digestible. Um, it sounds great as well. And you're doing one a week or?
1: We're going to, we're just going to film all 22 episodes and then we'll be releasing them. Uh, we haven't quite nailed. We haven't quite figured that one out yet, Eric. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if we're going to do it weekly or biweekly. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, we'll, but we'll be releasing regular content, obviously. Right,
0: right. Um, yeah. And yeah. you've already recorded a couple of episodes. What is uh, one thing that you've learned so far as far as the commonality between what you've already re- recorded?
1: You know that we all want the same thing at in, 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 in our, in our core, and that is to be validated. We want to be heard. We want to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that really needs to come internally, right? Like we need to accept ourselves. We need to validate ourselves. Um, But we're kind of wired for that connection from a species standpoint. So it's a natural inclination to want to connect with others. And so when people are sort of sharing something very personal and they allow themselves that vulnerability, it creates an invitation for intimacy, from whoever's listening, right? And when that invitation for intimacy pops up, then we connect. And when we connect with someone on an intimate level with vulnerability, we are inviting everyone else around us to do the same. And it sort of builds on itself and creates a different level of closeness and awareness.
0: Wow, that's a train. I love it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, a long time ago, somebody explained to me that, um, Humanity is kind of like a hand. Okay, like you have one thumb, index finger, a middle finger, a ring finger, and a pinky. Um, most healthy humans that's what you got. You know, you don't have five mm-hmm. thumbs, you don't have five index fingers, or five middle fingers, or whatever. Each finger is different, but they, they serve their own role. But they're all necessary and needed for the proper functioning and um, usage of the hand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talk about an invitation to intimacy and vulnerability and connecting one to another. The beauty of our differences are, or should be, A, that we're able to learn from one another, and B, Someone else has something that I don't, and I have something someone else doesn't, and we should be able to enhance one another with what we have and the other needs. And I'm not talking mm-hmm. material need, uh, material possessions either, um, you know, mm-hmm. mental and emotional, uh, spiritual even. And so I think what people find out is the more that people come together, the stronger the unit is as a whole. And, my God, I don't know why it is, though, because it seems like people, they do have these weird um, spasms of where they come to that realization and we bind together um, at moments of crisis, as I mentioned earlier. But it's just after a season of the status quo, people just go revert back to... The old ways of just, you know, it's about me now, me and mine. Uh, why do you think that is?
1: I think what was unique about the pandemic, you know, is that um, it happened on such a broader scale and created multiple levels of fear. And when people are in a place of fear, they're not in a place of love. You know, I think when you have tragedies like 9-11 and you have tragedies like Katrina, the, the fear has surpassed, right? It has already passed by. We're not, we weren't, you know, after 9-11, we, we knew that, you know, it was being handled by the government. After Katrina, the weather was no longer a threat. And then we could just focus on love, right? We could just say, these are people that are hurt and we need to help them. We need to come together in a space of love. With the pandemic, it was just a prolonged and continues on some level to be a prolonged experience of fear. And so it's really hard um, for people when you get into that um, mob mentality of fear to shut that down and choose love. Because you know, we talk about so many emotions in a given day, but there's really only two, love and fear. We need to come in place, from a place of fear or we're coming from a place of love, and in this pandemic, overall, we've been coming as a place of fear. What if we elect the wrong, um, uh, you know, president? What if we don't take the vaccine? What if we do take the vaccine? What if we don't wear a mask? What if what happens if we, you know, acquiesce and, and start wearing a mask? Are we going to lose more power than just the choice of a mask? I mean, it's just you know, what if the police are out of control? What if the police are overlooked you know what I mean it's just like what if what if what if what if and nobody is stepping back and pausing and asking is it true is this true this story that I'm creating around what if this event happens is it even true and of course it can't really ever be true if it's not happening in this moment right because it's either some fictional story about the future or some fictional story that's no longer happening in the past and so, when we don't get in that habit of pausing, and we just react in a constant state of fear, this is what the collective experience looks like.
0: Yeah, you know, I've um, noticed in my own life when I'm left to my own devices and I create a scenario in my head, and I uh, start to believe whatever it is that I've created, um, I have created. I start to believe it. I start to fall into a fearful state of mind and then whenever whatever manifests whatever comes to reality is usually nowhere near um what I had built up in my head and so it's, it's, it's a total waste of energy is what it is
1: but, yeah I mean they've done actual studies on this right where they have measured how much of what we predict actually happened and it's a minuscule number it almost never happens the way we imagine it's going to happen. And almost never, to your point, as bad as we think it's going to be. Mm -hmm.
0: And so for the people though that are um, chronic negative dwellers, chronic fear mongers um, that don't want to be that way, but they realize that they are, what do you think are some uh, tips or tools they can utilize to uh, work their way out of that mindset and choose love and choose hope instead of, doom and despair and fear?
1: Well, much of it, much of that comes from, I mean, that's a multi-layered answer, right? We've got the psychological component, right? Which says that much of our reactions in day to day life come from um, what was modeled to us for our core beliefs that were created as children. So it's like, if I'm in a house raised by two parents that are anxious all the time, then I'm probably going to fall easily into anxiety, if not have my own anxiety. So there's that therapeutic part, right? Where it's like, okay, if you're struggling with anxiety, depression, or any of those things, stress that, that cause some of these fears to get amplified, then seek a professional help for it, right? There's the second component of of just starting to take those steps to observe your own thoughts, right? What am I, is what I'm about to say, does it align with the kind of person I say I want to be? Is it going to be helpful to the situation? Is it necessary that I say it out loud? Is it kind? Was I even asked for my opinion, right? So if we can just start to pause and examine our motives, and then another observation that we need to figure out is, is what the story I have in my head even true? Is this even real, The story that I'm creating? And if we can just start to pause and dissect some of our thoughts before we react, then we're moving to a place where we can respond. And when we respond, we have a significantly better chance of bringing love to the table than if we react, which will usually end up you know, being
0: a fear response. Yeah, I, I can tell you right now in my own life, reacting beforehand um, never, never. I, I don't. I can't think of a time it's ever uh, made things easier. It's always complicated the matter. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so. And that's and, and that's what really what we saw through the whole pandemic, right. It's just everyone reacting, 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 mm-hmm. reacting to what the news said, reacting to what the president said, or the CDC said, or our neighbor said, or, you know, pick, you know, it's, it was just a, a season of reaction versus really stepping back and, and asking what is going to be helpful to this situation? How am I going to be of service in this moment?
0: You know, I think a lot of it, um, revolving around this whole, the whole fact that a lot of everything was just unknown. It was new, it was fresh to the scene, and we had more questions than answers. And even um, the people at the forefront um, had still had questions that they needed to have answered way before we could have the answers. And then what happens, you know, um, as far as with this pandemic, when – Leadership starts to provide answers. Um, then you have uh, people who question. Some accept the answers, and some doubt the answers. But either way, almost everybody questions the answers to a degree. And you know, I can understand that. I mean, what what's going to happen? You know, if everybody takes the vaccine, and then in ten years, we all grow a third eye. You know. Or whatever. But at the same time, um, society, I think what we've learned is so far is that by the majority of folks cooperating, now it's taken time to get the majority of folks to do so, but to cooperate and come together with a plan and abide by that one plan, um, masking uh, getting the vaccine or whatever, um, we've seen results from that. We've seen the fruit uh, bear out uh, from us coming together and implementing something, and so, and and we've seen our lives for the most part get to go back to normal in most parts of the United States, and I think it's a beautiful thing, and I think that can um, also play out in other situations in life. That because we have the unknown comes about and we become fearful, and we have questions more questions than we do answers. Um, we, we all we've got is there, is is each other, and instead of fighting with one another and arguing with one another, if we come together, we can always um, find a solution.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah just, this is a tricky one though right because it's like we've got fear on both sides
0: yeah.
1: and um, in a democratic society we don't necessarily want to get a place where uh, we don't have choice anymore right? right so then the balance becomes how do we respect each other's choices without judgment mm-hmm. because it's the judgment it's me deciding that something is good bad right or wrong that creates the disconnect, that creates the fear. So then we get into that whole spiritual discussion of, you know, a power greater than ourselves and trying to come from a space of, well, everything is always happening for our higher good. If everything is always happening for our higher good, then there's no good, bad, right, or wrong. It's only is it to my benefit or to my detriment. And if we're just making decisions in the moment, okay, in this moment, I've examined my thoughts and I've decided that this is to my benefit. Now we're bringing it down to a micro level of personal responsibility. And when we can do that, we're more apt to choose love than fear.
0: And so when folks, um, I'm sure in your um, Careers, psychology—you've you've already seen this yourself. Uh, that when folks um, change from one mindset to the other, that it um, it only benefits their lives. You see the transformation. Uh, would that be a correct assessment?
1: Well, I mean, I prefer the word restoration. I know that sounds nitpicky, <laughs> but you know the um, the idea of of transformation or um, fixing leaves that impression that, that something was broken or wrong. Right. We come into the world with, with everything we need to fulfill whatever divine purpose we might have. Life gets in the way, right? Loss relationships and things come in and, and, and can influence and, um, conflate stress and anxiety and mold people from into a self-actualized person into, you know, dysfunction. And what we have to step and realize is that we have everything we need, right? And if we don't have the tools, we can learn the tools. And it's really not learning new tools. It's relearning what we already knew, but lost along the journey. Mm. Right, So it's it's being uh, restored to what we were always intended to be. And the reason I like that framing is because, again, when we get into I'm broken, I'm fixed, there's something wrong, I need to change. Then I'm again, I'm a victim or I'm a villain, right? right? Versus that empowered, well, I'm got things that I've got, I've made decisions that have been to my detriment and I'd like to move towards making decisions that are to my benefit. I want to seek out those patterns that are no longer serving me and I want to enhance the patterns that are, can you, you can, you can hear the difference, right? In, in, from that victim villain mentality to that empowered place.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so And once we get to that place and uh, we find restoration, um, our lives, you know, obviously um, began to, we began to see things from a positive perspective, like the glass half full, instead of half empty, and it changes our whole outlook on life. And I think there's nothing more beautiful than confidence in the way that it manifests and... You know, I've seen people that have had legitimate reason to worry and to find pause and and um, their life circumstances, but they were able to remain optimistic and remain positive and um, hopeful. And when you see that person compared to someone else who may be in a similar situation and all they have is fear and despair. It's it's it really is night and day. And going back to what we said earlier, things never really do turn out to be nearly as bad as our minds have tramped up as they would be. And so whatever the situation is, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, there's the sunlight. has got the sun's got to shine again tomorrow. It's got to. It's just. It's the law of nature. It's it's, it's life. You know, um, walking through the valley now, but there'll be another mountain top experience. Um, just got to keep walking. Mm-hmm. Well, Deborah, I am uh, so excited about about this show. I can't wait to uh, watch it. And again, it's going to be available on YouTube, Roku, um, all the podcasting audio platforms as well, iHeartRadio, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Apple. And so, doing 22 episodes, around a 30 to mm-hmm. 40 minute range on average, could go over depending. And as of right now, you don't know if you're doing one a week or bi weekly.
1: Yeah, we're still working out those kinks. Um, but, you know, we'll have that figured out by the time this episode ears, airs. The show is called Walk Me Through That with Deborah Riley. And um, hopefully everyone will subscribe. I mean, as you know, subscribers is, is what makes or breaks the show. Yeah. Um, so they can subscribe either through our show directly um, or through the I Am Beast network. I
0: say just subscribe at all the places, folks. <laughs> Yeah,
1: that <laughs> <can give> <laughs> wow, that would be ideal. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm definitely going to uh, be subscribing myself, and um, uh, shoot me. You have my number. Shoot me a text in a couple of days, and or message me or whatever, and remind me uh, when it's on so I can watch it myself. Um, in case I missed the the social media buzz, I'm not always on social media anymore. I try to be, but life um, has a, has, a, has, a, has its way of getting busy sometimes. And, you know, so I don't get to be on as honest much as I'd like to. But, yeah, let me know. Keep me posted. And um, I, I, you got my support 100%.
1: Perfect. I really appreciate the support, Eric. And, of course, you're going to have to come on the show as a guest.
0: It would be my honor, my privilege. Uh, just let me know when and how, and we'll make it happen.
1: Thanks. I definitely will. And, again, this show is Walk Me Through That with Deborah Riley on the Beast Network.
0: Walk Me Through That with Deborah Riley. All right. Yep. Check it out, folks. And with that, you know what I always say, folks? Um, and I can't believe we're almost at the end of season two. And it's funny, Deborah, I had you on for season, at the beginning of season 2, episodes I think 1 and 3, and then have you at the end of season 2. You were also in season 1, uh, so you've been a reoccurring guest, and it's been my pleasure having you on every time you've been on. And as I always say, folks, our tomorrows are never guaranteed, and for some of us, unfortunately, we've got less of them left than we do yesterday's. Life is a journey, and whatever hindrance or roadblock, whatever drama, trauma, negativity, struggle, pain, shame, or guilt, I'll lay it to the side and get to stepping. Live your life and live your truth unapologetically. Aspire to inspire before you expire. And as always, until next time, you got a friend in me. You've been listening to Miss Deborah Riley, and we are signing off. We'll mm-hmm. be